What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the fifth episode of How They're Here. As always, I'm Tyler Webb, and last week I was able to hop on a call with the founder and host of Relish to Journey Media, Miles Biggs. Miles is a lot like you and me. He's worked his way up in his 9-to-5 job, his first son is about to turn one, and he started a media company with the goal of interviewing the world. And while that last point might not actually be all that common, Miles still has countless stories and experiences that any person with an interest in podcasting can learn from. Because the fact of the matter is, Miles' self-proclaimed best quality is his inexplicable drive to try and learn new things. This episode is jam-packed with highly valuable and multi-layered conversation on starting a venture like a podcast when you still have the normal 9-to-5 obligation. The insightful nuance of how Miles attacks new problems, avoids being content, and is evolving as a creative professional is beneficial to anyone who has a similar desire to create. Also be sure to check out Miles' podcast, Rails to Journey, anywhere you listen to podcasts to hear my interview. We talked about my story, my passions, and what drives me to create ventures like this very podcast. That episode will release tomorrow, Thursday, January 3rd. So be sure to check it out for a never-before-heard perspective and how I attack every single day. I hope you all enjoy this episode and learn a thing or two about how to start a podcast of your own. We gain some valuable insight into how they're here. I'm, I'm really curious to know how and why you sort of made the jump into actually doing it because, you know, we talked on your podcast. There's, there's a difference between having the idea to start a podcast and having the idea to do anything really and then actually doing it. There's a bit of an upfront cost and there's going to be a time commitment. And, you know, you sounded like you were in a very stressful part of your life. So <laughs> it was interesting that you decided to sort of take on a whole nother venture at that same time. What sort of propelled you or catalyzed you to make that jump in the first place? And what was sort of your thought process, you know, going through your head from the idea of, oh, I could do this, I could start a podcast, because I think that's a a thought a lot of people have, right? To actually doing it, which a lot fewer people actually end up doing. So as far as upfront front costs go, and I didn't actually make the initial investment, which made it easy. So remove that excuse. It was December. It was Christmas. Miles, what do you want for Christmas? Well, Thinking about starting a podcast, mom. Here's this $100 Behringer podcast startup kit where it's got everything I need. And so my parents bought me that for Christmas. And because at that point, I don't need anything else. Everyone's buying me baby stuff. I'm building a house. You know, I have whatever I actually need. So my parents bought me this podcast startup kit. And I was messing around with it, just doing a couple solo things and deleting them just to get used to how to work the equipment and edit and run the whole thing. Um, and then I just recorded 12 episodes before even posting them. So I had a backlog of 12 episodes just to get into the rhythm and, say, you know, kind of give myself an out. You know, if this sucks, no one ever has to know about it. <laughs> they never have to see the light of day. But I liked them. I thought it was cool. And from the beginning, I thought to myself, I'm really, if I look at this as just doing it for myself and no one else, then it'll never not be successful. So, I just said, I like these 12 episodes. Let's put it out there and see if somebody else does too. And so it worked from a marketing perspective where I wasn't worrying about where's the next episode coming from for the first couple of weeks. I launched it. I put three up all at once and then did two a week for a couple of weeks and then trickled it down to one a week and just kept it going from there. So I'm always like two or three in the pipeline. So I'm never just scrambling. Now, sometimes life gets ahead of you and I record one one night, stay up till midnight, edit it, and post it, you know, but for the most part, I maintain that that uh, strategy. So 
what made me do that though, to your original question is I'm just crazy. I mean, once I get an idea in my head, I don't stop. And so for me, it was like a personal challenge. Like I've asked someone to purchase this for me. So I don't want to be the guy that said I was going to do it and not going to do it. It was just a personal challenge to myself that I wanted to fulfill. I think that's hilarious because on a very similar, you know, to a very similar tune, the whole catalyzing factor of, of me starting a podcast was the same thing. You know, back of my head, I can do this. I, I want to do it. And I was a little yeah. apprehensive of whether or not it would, it would turn out well if my whole concept for a podcast was actually good. Uh, but the first I told my, my roommate and just telling him was having somebody else hold me accountable. Uh, same thing to you have having somebody buy you, you know, the equipment. You're almost accountable to another person. And I've explained it before. By no means would my roommate have disowned me if I hadn't actually gone through with, with doing the podcast. And similar to your parents, I'm sure they would have not uh, spited you if you hadn't gone through with actually doing the podcast, but there is that thing in the back of your head and it, I don't know what it is, but the idea that you're all of a sudden accountable to somebody else and now you really have to deliver whether or not it is for you, right. you have to deliver so you don't let those people down. So I think that's very interesting yeah, that there's kind of that commonality, be, you know, across a couple of people that I've, that I've talked to already. So let's dig in a little bit. Uh, you talked about how you recorded 12 episodes from the very start. So obviously you were, you were telling other people about it. Who are you reaching out to? How are you getting these people on? Uh, you know, what were you talking about? Did you have the, the whole concept of the podcast and how you wanted it structured laid out right away? Or, or was it sort of a learning process? Walk us through a little bit of that in the very beginning. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of everything. So I started with the, the easiest targets were family and friends. So it'd be, I think if I run through the first 12 of my brain, it was the guy that I stole the name from, you know, his mantra was relative to journey. So of course he'd be the first guest. My roommate in college, a uh, couple cousins, my sisters, my parents, um, just other friends from school. I'll just go through my phone and say, hey, I'm doing this. Would you be interested? And and got people to do it. Um, it started out at a set of questions I, ans I asked everyone. You know, I'd, I'd go through, it was very structured, like way too structured in the beginning. I listened back to them and I cringe a little bit because it was very much, okay, next question. Okay, next question. Name, age, occupation, you know, passion and it just got to be too much and it eventually evolved into more of a conversation like we had before this. Okay. But I did stick with a couple of the same questions that I found I got the best answers from. One, two first, right? So best piece of advice someone's received, best piece of advice they could give. Sometimes if it's someone I know really well, I'll go in the highs and lows, like best part of their life or job so far, worst part of their life or job so far. And then – on the logo for the show, it's relish the journey, and then it says life in three words, with the idea being, you know, Nick would always say he described his life as relish the journey. So what if we I forced everyone to describe their life in three words? What would that be? That's going to be something abstract that's cool each time. So I, I usually end with that, and then I take those people's three words, and that becomes the name of the episode. So it's a way to bundle it all up from from start to finish. So it started out very structured and it's involved more into just conversations. But it's cool because I've interviewed business owners, my parents, you know, and the idea still holds true. It's really a journey in life, journey in work, you know, it, it just works. So I like yeah. it. What was your learning curve like in terms of, like you said, you know, you, you realized your episodes were way too structured and you had just gotten this equipment, you know, in a starter pack. So you, you obviously didn't have a, you know, a great idea of what you're getting yourself into from more of a tactical perspective. Were you able to figure out pretty quickly what to do? Uh, how are you figuring that out? Did you have somebody to go to or was it all YouTube university? Yeah, it was, 
I didn't have anyone to go to really because I didn't know anyone else that was doing a podcast. So teaching myself, um, just trial and error along with YouTube University um, and just listening. It was good and bad doing 12 episodes at once because as I was evolving, the show wasn't because the first 12 were already done. But that was a good way to get feedback because it was a lot same thing, one after a time, the same set of questions. And the people closest to me were like, dude, it's good once you get part the first awkward, forcing them to tell you how old they are and what they do for a job and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, true. I could see that. And then I just started to work it in. And slowly as we got past that 12, it evolved from there. So um, just really, you got to count on the people that will tell you an honest opinion, not just nod their head and say, yeah, we love everything you do, Miles, because that's definitely not the case. And my wife's definitely, she keeps me grounded because she'll be the first one to say, hey, I caught a typo in your Instagram caption. You know, she just calls me out every time. Sure. But you need that. You need somebody that's going to do that for you. All right. So I want to talk about now this idea, similarly down this line of how you stay you know, motivated. And, and you talked about it a little bit, but how are you, how are you doing this podcast and how are you continuing to evolve it and sort of not getting stuck in a rut of doing something consistently? Uh, to put it in a little bit more context, when, when I do things sometimes that I don't have a ton of time for, right? I, I can't sit down and, and try to hash out an idea for a new piece of content or a new question for the podcast that I find myself getting into this routine of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it just to kind of check it off as being done. Uh, wh what are you doing to, to not fall into that rut of, uh, you know, being contempt or, or just being uh, content rather with, with what you're doing? Well, I've definitely fallen into that rut. I mean, I'd be lying if I said it didn't. I definitely have had episodes that are just kind of fillers. When I listen back, it's like, eh, could have done without that one. It really wasn't a, a great episode, but I did it because I had to do one that week. So what I have been doing is just expanding my horizons. So I started with family and friends, and now I'm talking to people like you. You know, So it's to, to talk to a different type of person from different areas about different subjects um, and to talk about things I have no idea about and learn something in the moment. You know, I spoke to a woman that I went to college with, um, but about adoption. She adopted her daughter about a year ago, and now is a whole big world about adoption. It's nuts when I had that conversation with her. And then from there, that opened up to posting on social media and then a couple other adoption, like Instagram accounts that are pretty big in the adoption community reached out and said that they'd also like to be on the show. So I'm working with them to line up dates, and we'll follow that kind of content segment about adoption and you know i talked to a guy that started his own uh, production company he was actually in radio professionally but quit and he's got started his own company so that's something but then i was talking with him about the local chamber of commerce and the visitors bureau and i'm gonna be reaching out to them and do some like business spotlights so i think it's just as much as consistency is important variety will help keep that rut from happening just mixing up the topics um so that's not the same thing every single time. Sure, a hundred percent. And I think that's spot on. You have to get outside your comfort zone. You know, you might not have been comfortable talking about adoption or talking about, like you said earlier, mental illness, but sort of forcing yourself to have those conversations and, and forcing yourself to do that, I think, really throws throws you a curveball and, and helps you stay on your toes, for for lack of a better term. So I think it's very indicative what you just said about you're you're spanning this entire spectrum and and the 
goal, as I understand it, of Relish to Journey is to interview the world, right? That's what you have stated on your yep. website. Obviously, that's a bit of a hyperbole because it's going to be very hard <laughs> to interview 7 billion plus people. Um, so with that in mind, what does success look like for Relish to Journey podcast? Because the stated goal is a bit of a hyperbole and, you know, interviewing everybody in the world. So given the fact that that probably isn't possible, what does success sort of look like uh, in a maybe more measurable sense? Sure. Well, it goes back to the hyper really goes back to the challenge part we talked about earlier. You know, I want to interview the world. It doesn't mean it's possible, but it it's if I say I want to interview everyone in my neighborhood, okay, then I'm done. Once I get it, I'm done. Like I have to keep going. So it's part of what fuels me because there's always somebody else to talk to. There's always another journey to highlight or a story to share that I can learn from and other people can learn from. So success is just doing that. You know, I listen to a bunch of podcasts and I really feel like podcasts aren't a thing until you hit like a hundred episodes. So for me, when I hit episode a hundred, I'm going to be able to feel like, okay, like this is a thing now. The people are still listening. I'm a hundred in. If I'm doing one a week, that's, you know, two years worth of doing this thing. By then I'll probably know what I'm actually, what I'm doing <laughs> because right now it just still feels like I'm fumbling through it. Sure. So that's part of the fun too. So I'm also a person that I struggle with that word success. I think success and fulfillment are two different things, of course. Um, I've had lots of success in my life. It goes back to not relishing it though. Like it's a little bit of a tangent, but just to, like random things. Like I've sung the national anthem at a minor league baseball game. I've, you know, swam competitively all through college. I was president of my fraternity and captain of the swim team. And um, I've soloed an airplane myself flying. And then I've promoted up the ladder and worked. Now I'm help, helping to run a multi-million dollar company. And, but it never feels like, okay, I can stop. Like I'm going to exhale now and say, oh, I've had success. Um, I've done that, the cool thing, and that's it. So – I don't even know if I'll ever feel that like, oh, I've had, I'm, I'm successful with this. It's just going to be like, what's, what's next? What's next? Let's keep well, it we, going. Right. And, and we talked about it in our conversation for, for your podcast, Rails to Journey, which was, it, there's just different standards of what success is. And for you, yeah. you know, from the outside, people might not identify with that same level of success for a podcast. They might think, well, are you making any money? Are you famous anywhere? Like those traditional measures of success are things that I think a lot of people kind of project onto you. Whereas if you're looking, you know, from yourself inside out, you know, success doesn't necessarily have to mean all those things. It means like you said, yeah. bridging that gap into fulfillment, which I find a very interesting and all this sort of stuff uh, that isn't necessarily materialistic, but is, is much more, you know, about yourself and is much more about some yeah. intangible, intangible things that are hard to measure and, and even harder to reach. I want to get into the weeds a little bit because I think where a lot of the value lies with, you know, with you and, and somebody like me is in our experiences, you know, going back to the whole idea of the podcast, learn from experience, uh, your experiences in starting a podcast. So, you know, I, I want to know about anything from the equipment you're using to how you plan to sort of turn this into maybe something that's sustainable um, in terms of a business, just so that we can really hit home some of these more traditional measures of success, right? So let's sure. start at the spot where 
going off the going off the, the term success, you know, for for you, it's it's much more of a a non or an intangible thing. Um, do you have any plans on on turning Rouse to Journey into something that is maybe uh, monetizable, or is is maybe something just past being some conversations um, with you know people like me who you're DMing on Instagram? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, as much as it's about personal growth and that challenge. Everybody likes to make money, right? So I'd be, I'd also be lying if I said I don't want to make a few bucks off this thing one day. But uh, the plan for that, so I was at a conference for work. Um, I work in housing, so this was put on by the National Association of Home Builders, and there's an inspirational leadership speaker there talking about challenges and planning, and I thought it was a really cool exercise. She made us write a note to ourselves, and she said, "Okay, by the end of this year." Write a note to yourself congratulating you on the goal that you had just achieved. So what is that goal? Uh, maybe you think about what do you want to achieve, and then you're going to get a note in the mail. You know, I should be getting it any day now by the end of the year, and it's going to say, hey, Miles, it's me. Congratulations on blah, blah, blah. And I wrote down about uh, – at that point, I just had – so sorry, rambling, but backing up. Equipment I use. I, I have a syndication service I use called Libsyn. It stands for Liberated Syndication where that's where I upload all the podcasts to, and it pushes it out to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple, Google, all that stuff. Um, so at that point, I just had that website for my website. It was relishthejourney.libsyn.com. I didn't really put too much thought into the digital footprint of this outside the episode themselves and social media accounts. So my goal that I wrote down was to actually make this thing look like a real business, and so I built a website for it, bought a domain, framed it out, had a little video shot. It's like a promo video. That's where I talk about wanting to interview the world. Um, so that was cool. And that prompted me to do a lot of this stuff. That's what started the website I have. So I wanted to do the website and I'm going to have a blog portion now. So I recap the each podcast episode with a little bit of just a written recap for search engine purposes. And that's where to... You know, if you want to get into sponsorships or if I want to just review things like I use in every day, like the app I bought a, where I get paid for shopping and my groceries or something, right? I could write that stuff, build some content for free, and then use that to reach out to different sites to say, hey, here's the downloads I get. Here's the blog views I get. Would you like to sponsor? And start trying to work that in. So that's part of what I'm doing with the website is to set myself up for that in the future. I also called the website rtjmedia.com not just rtjpodcast.com to leave myself open-ended for whatever else comes up in the future. You know, there's plenty of media, not just podcasts, but it could be video, it could be the written word or whatever else is going to start, you know, in our lifetimes. Um, and speaking engagements, I think that's really where the money's going to be. I mean, you can make a couple hundred bucks here or there from a, an ad, but if you can get on the speaking circuit and talk about this kind of stuff to a group of business people or, schools or nonprofits, then I think that's that's where I'm most likely headed. I have my first speaking engagement in February. I'll be speaking at the International Builder Show uh, about podcasting, about to home builders about how to start a podcast to, for their business. So that's free, but that's my first one that I can use to document, hey, this guy can talk, put that on the website, and then use that to try to get some more stuff in the future. What would be some advice that you would have for somebody trying to get into podcasting? And obviously, sort of going on the theme of talking about, you know, we're just trying to be two, we're just trying to be two average guys, similar to Andrew Declan. 
two average guys talking to other people that are trying to be in the spot we're in, right? That's the whole theme of this podcast. That's, that's really what, what I'm trying to achieve is, is having somebody like you who's doing a podcast who, uh, you know, has a nine to five job and, and now comes back and does podcasts on the side, um, speaking to other people that are hoping to be in that same spot. What can you tell them? Um, what one piece of advice could you give them to, to maybe take a step along that journey? I mean, just do it. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it sounds easy to say, but just don't, don't let it, the excuses be comfortable and fall into them. Like there's always going to be something that gets in the way. There's always going to be a better time to do it or something else that's quote unquote more important. But if you really want to do it, then just do it. Find a way to do it. Even if you do it and don't post it, do a podcast about mowing the grass just to get into the the syncopation of it all and get to talking to somebody and recording yourself and then you delete it and then you do what you really want to do. But just remove those excuses. You don't know how to do it. Okay. Learn how to do it. Talk to yourself. Talk to your cat. Talk to your dog. Hit record, edit it, package it up, learn how to do it, and then actually do it because there's always going to be something that you can say will get in the way. But the only thing that gets in your way is really yourself. So and it, Yeah. And it, and it comes back to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, on your episode, which was if if you want to be among the the best, right? I, I called it the one percent of people doing what you want to do. You're gonna have to put in more work than the other ninety nine percent. So those excuses that you mentioned, or all these barriers of entry that people perceive um, to be around podcasting or content creation or, or whatever they're trying to do, are really sort of null and void if you, like you said, just just jump into it and just start doing it because a lot of those things can be figured out, right? You don't need a $300 mic to start podcasting and you don't need to be, you know, have a silky smooth radio voice to start podcasting or have really any prerequisite knowledge in content creation or, or whatever it may be. Um, these are all just excuses that people float around. And like you said, if, if you really just take the action first and try to figure it out along the way, uh, your success rate is, is through the roof and much higher than somebody who's just sitting there and, and giving excuses. And that is it for this episode. If you enjoyed, there is more to come. An episode of How They're Here releases every other Wednesday. In the meantime, check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook by searching How They're Here or find me online at Tyler M. Webb to connect. If you want to hear more from us, make sure to rate and subscribe. It helps us stay in business. Thank you as always for listening, and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace.